This is The Social Geek Radio Network. And welcome to the Social Geek Podcast. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing coach, Celiani. Today, we're talking work-life integration with our rock star panel, Derek Abelman, Kristen Pahacek, and special guest, Jennifer Lobianco of Best Life Brands. They're talking about how they integrate their work lives with their personal lives and sharing tips on reducing stress and anxiety along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Citroen Cooperman, Northeast Color, and the panel is next after a quick note from Answer Connect. How can you unlock millions in annual revenue? Don't miss out on 30% of your phone calls. At Answer Connect, they've got the solution for franchisors, franchisees, suppliers, and brokers. If you can't answer your calls, Answer Connect can. Reclaim your revenue today. If you think this would help, call my good friend Karen Booz at 888 888- 8222034 that's 8888222034 Joining us once again are social geek rock stars Derek Abelman of Northeast Color. Hey brother, how are you? I'm well, Jack. How are you? I'm terrific and Kristen Pahachek of Massage Lux. Hey KP. Hey, how are you? I'm terrific. Thanks for being here once again. And our special guest today is Jennifer Lobianco of Best Life Brands. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. Before we get into today's topic, I'd like to share a little bit more about your background and some of the things you're doing these days. Tell us about Best Life Brands. Yeah, of course. Thanks again. Yeah, so I'm the chief marketing officer of Best Life Brands, um, and Best Life Brands is a family of companies that help individuals, uh, we like to say, across the continuum of care. So we have Comfort Care, Care Patrol, Blue Moon Estate Sales, and Boost Home Healthcare. Um, And whether that's needing an in-home caregiver or a skilled nurse, or looking to potentially move to a residential community um, where you can have one of our senior care advisors assist in that uh, consultation um, and help out with those decisions, or you're having an estate sale, um, we offer that service as well. So again, you know, it's that that idea that you have a, a continuum of care throughout your life, and we're here every step of the way. Uh, so we have over 610 locations right now, and we're growing. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 a wild ride, and it's a lot of fun, and and uh, yeah, we have a, a strong franchisee base, and and all throughout the United States, and a couple of our brands now are in Canada, and it's a really exciting time to be here and p- be part of this industry. Um, I've been in franchising for, oh goodness, like 25 years now. <laughs> so I've worked across a lot of different industries and different brands and verticals. And it, it's fun to be in this space um, and to work with four different brands, because I always say I'm, I'm honored and I have the privilege of overseeing all the brands, brand marketing, franchise marketing and franchise development marketing. So I get to share best practices among the marketing advisory councils. Um, as well as all the other departments, because I get to see it because I am a, um, obviously across, I work across all the brands. So um, yeah, and I'm excited for the future. We're growing and a lot of good things to come. 
I love that idea of platform brands or or co-owned brands that are sort of in the same sphere. And and that kind of leads us to the topic of integrating work and life. You're really integrating all of these different brands and things that they can do for customers into your customers' lives. It, it isn't just, you know, well, we've got one home services brand and then we've got one healthcare brand and then we have a pizza concept, right? It, it's something that that actually works together. Do your franchisees all get involved in multiple brands or are they kind of separated? What, what does that look like? Yeah, so more and more we are offering the opportunity for the franchisees to meet with one another. Um, we actually have a brand conference coming up at the end of February, and it's going to be the first time that all the brands are there at the same time. So we're really Exciting. looking forward to it um, because they have the opportunity to network, um, you know, hear speakers at the same time, share best practices. Uh, because, you know, the best intentions, of course, that you, you know, have quarterly webinars where they all can attend and um, you can have message boards. But um, in reality, that doesn't always happen. So uh, or we urge them to meet locally to discuss these opportunities together. But having a formal um, forum for them to be together physically uh, is the first time that's going to happen. And uh, we're really excited because, you know, it, it, some of the brands working together makes perfect sense. Right. So you're selling your home, you need to have an estate sale, and then you're most likely, whether you're relocating to a single family residence or you're going into a community where one of our brands stops, the other one picks up. Um, so helping franchisees figure out how to network and how to work together, um, you know, and offer the suite of services is really beneficial um, to the, the consumer in the end and, and all of our referral partners too. It's exciting that all of those brands are getting together because I think that's where the networking between the brands and between franchisees, that's where that actually happens. We can force things as much as we want on webinars and Zoom calls and things like that. But it's when you get all of those folks together under one roof, that's where I think the magic of networking happens. It also brings me to today's topic about integrating your your work and your personal life and everything else, because just as you were saying that, I was starting to get um, a, a little excited and a little anxious about the calendar coming up. You've got your big event in February. We've got the IFA convention in February, and there are about 75 other things on the calendar already for 2024. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit, Jennifer, about how do you fit all of that stuff with multiple brands and the corporate brand and your personal life and travel and everything like how, how do you do it all like have you have you found anything that that helps you sort of integrate all of those things yeah that's a great question and i love the topic of today i wish i had a great answer i don't <laughs> i have been trying for a long time to figure figure it out um i have children that are teenagers um and i've been working since my son was in daycare when he was 10 weeks old because I knew I wanted to go back to work and I know I needed to work personally to make just that was how I was wired. So I've been juggling it for 16 and a half years now. Um, and I always say when people ask me this question, I say my life is perfectly imbalanced all the time. Like I never have a balance because I, I honestly just don't know how you can. Um, the 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 challenge is for me and I'm, I'm i'm writing this word down everywhere for 2024 because they say you should pick a word for the year and focus on it and i never do but i'm really going to try and um the word is going to be present and i'm going to constantly remind myself to be present 
because I found myself not doing that as well as I, I want to be at work. I would say work, I would give myself an A plus. I'm always present at work. It's the other areas of my life that I feel like I'm not present. Yeah. Um, you know, and like an example of that is even when I say I'm going to take a 20 minute walk, right? I'll go for a walk while I'm walking. I'm checking email on my phone or I'm listening to a podcast about marketing. And I promised myself, and I started this a few months ago and it's, it's working so far. I will listen to a podcast. that's just as entertainment value only. That's it. Or I'll read books now at night in bed and they have to be just thrillers, suspense, mystery novels or something. They cannot be work related. Yeah. So making yeah. myself only, and it's, it's because I'm, it's, I think it's helping and it's working, but I do have to remind myself um, because when you're not present, it's, it's not good for you or, or anybody in your life because my kids call me out all the time. <laughs> I love that idea of, of when you're, having these sort of little micro moments, taking a walk or, or maybe trying to get to sleep or something like that. Maybe that's when we need to turn work off a little bit and, and just not focus on, you know, the daily blog and, and a business book and, and all of those kinds of things. Derek, you and I were chatting a, a while ago about work-life integration versus work-life balance. And you had some interesting thoughts on that. Yeah. Thanks, Jack. I mean, a lot of it connects with what Jennifer was just saying in terms of, I think to me, the question that I'm thinking about lately is not the balance portion of it, because I think that's kind of mythological and it, and it presupposes that like one thing will weigh more than the other, no matter what, and it's your job to scale those out. And I think of it lately more as a question of what's my relationship to this, to this work, right? Is it a job? Is it transactional? Am I clocking in, clocking out? And I do this because it supplements my lifestyle or something I want to do. Is it a career where every day is another sentence in a chapter of a book called My Life that I've, I'm, I'm doing this? This is my identity, right? It's tied into it. Or is it a calling where you could you would do this for free? You cannot stop yourself from doing this. And I feel like understanding... I think you can have one job that contains all three of those elements, right? And I think for me, the integration part is, are these 15 emails I need to write the job, the career, or the calling, right? As a marketer, the calling is storytelling. As, as a marketer, the career is, is continuing to tell that story in different ways that, that benefit and lift brands or, or connect people, right? But the job is the emails and the posts, you know what I mean? So like, to me, it's navigating the proximity of those different poles within this one role that I have. Kristen, what about you? You've got, you've got a business going. I know in the past you've done things like, you know, teaching university classes. And oh, by the way, I've got a, a farm on the side, along with a lot of travel. What are some of the things that you're doing to integrate all of those things so you can actually get everything done? Yeah. And two kids, right? I mean, it's, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot and, the two kids. And oh, those by the little way. monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm with Jennifer in that like, there's no perfect secret sauce here. I mean, if there was, I think we would all be way less stressed, but um, when I started to think about work-life integration, as Derek said, it is really an integration and, and not a balance. And, um, you know, we've all heard it, but 
if you love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life, right? And for me personally, which, you know, everybody is a little bit different as to how they're motivated. Um, the work that I'm doing has to be something that motivates me during work, but then also outside of work. I get a lot of internal fulfillment from the movement and the successes that I make in work, which enable me to be a better wife, to be a better mom, to be a better person, because I'm getting that fulfillment, which for me happens to be from work. But on the flip side, if things at work aren't going super hot, right, that immediately determines the type of mom, wife, person, everything that I will be. And so um, you know, I'd love to say that I've cracked the code on that separation so that when things are going great, then I can just be great. When things were going bad, then I'm still great. Um, but I don't know that that's something that's possible. I think that the more that you can integrate what your life is outside of work, inside of your work and vice versa, the more that the people that you interact with on a day to day, whether it be at the office or at home, are truly going to understand both sides and um, kind of see you as a whole picture, not a different person in the office versus outside of the office. It feels like I'm seeing more people integrate, at least what I'm seeing on social media and online. I'm seeing more people that we know integrate their personal life into their work life. I, I remember, you know, let's say five years ago or more, there were a lot of people that had, you know, Facebook is for personal life. And LinkedIn is for business. And then Instagram came along. And well, that I guess that's personal life too. And and there were a lot of people putting these silos up around some of these things, almost to the extent of, of what people were doing for a long time, where they had one phone for work and one phone for personal. And all I could ever think is, man, I don't want to carry two phones. That's, yeah. that's just a nightmare to me, really. Like, just put it all on one phone. I, I, I'm, I'm also at the point of my career where the majority of my personal friends, guess what? They're all in franchising, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, even the people who I consider my close friends were also people who do business together. And, and to try to have this wall between you know, oh, I don't want to share that on LinkedIn because it, you know, it, it's something uh, about me and my daughter, or I don't want to share this on Facebook because it's about a podcast I'm doing with Jennifer, Kristen, and Derek. No, I want to integrate all of those things because so many of those people, like my Venn diagram is becoming one big circle. You know, it's, it, it's, it's overlapped so much. So do, do any of you feel that same way or are you still trying to keep things separated a little bit? I definitely think, especially since COVID people started because we were all, you saw, you saw people from a different perspective because everybody all of a sudden was, oh, they have a house and they're in their, some people <laughs> were working in their bedroom with their bed behind them. And like, oh, that person, it's like when you're a little kid and you see your teacher in the supermarket, you're like, oh, my teacher goes food shopping. Like, like you, you don't realize your teacher's a real person. So I think that's the same thing here is like, you realize people have lives and, and they could still be a really great professional while they're still going through these personal things. And I find it interesting because not too long ago, someone that I didn't know posted something on LinkedIn about mental health challenges. And, and they started it by saying, sorry, sorry that I'm sharing this here because it's personal. And then they shared their story, but I thought it might be able to help someone else. And a bunch of people responded and said, don't be sorry. 
And right. I, they started saying, I guess, saying that because they realized that maybe this is not the right place to put it, but I think I should put it here. So I, I and I just recently posted something about my son playing football. Um, I, re, I related it back to business and leadership. But and I, I did think about it for a second, though. I put a picture of him up in his football uniform and I was like, is this too personal? And then I was like, what? What? Personal. I am a person. Listen, it's, like, it's OK to do that. So I think it's, it's just now, you know. I think there is some line, but I do think it's natural now, more natural. I think the line, um, you know, is blurred. And that's a good thing for when we're working with our coworkers or working with management or um, your employees, but also franchisees. Sometimes in the franchise business, it's that, you know, big, bad franchisor who is forcing things upon the franchisees and may not understand that they're people and, you know, they're business owners and they've really taken their life investment and put it into this business. And if we at a franchisor level or even a partner level can show them that we're human, hi, uh, you know, we've got the same things that you have. We don't necessarily have a business, but, you know, we've got all the challenges that come with being someone in today's world. It helps to humanize us so that maybe when there's frustrating moments, there isn't a hiding behind email, text, or call um, type situation going on. Back in a moment after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. Kristen, you mentioned dealing with the stress of everyday life. What are some of the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis to kind of mellow everything out and to kind of flatten everything out and, and be able to integrate all of those things? Any Anything that you like to do on a regular basis? Yes. Um, so in the last year or so, I ordered this three-month calendar that sits on the side of my fridge so that everyone knows when mom is gone, when mom is here, what we have going on this night, dance this night, you know, all of the things. But a month in advance isn't enough for us. We need to have the three-month view of, you know, what's this next quarter going to look like for our family? Um, and that's been something that's been really helpful for myself, but also my family. So we all know what's going on. The other thing that has been very helpful is time blocking on my calendar for both work and for personal things. So if I know I got to wrap presents, it's going on the calendar from 6 to 7 p.m. that I'm wrapping presents. Or, um, you know, same with work. If I need to work on a project, I'm blocking that time out on my calendar so that I can keep my to-do list on my calendar, which then makes sure that I have enough time to do what's on my to-do list, whether personal or business. So for you, it's it's a it's a transparency of here's what's coming up in everybody's mm -hmm. near future that that alleviates some stress. I love that idea. So one of the things that I've been working on because I really struggle with this, especially you know, COVID's changed so many things, and all of the work from home was great in terms of humanizing our community and bringing it together in that way. But I also found it difficult to sort of shift down. 
back into the, like the family persona, leave the work persona and be fully present with my family. And um, what I started doing was like this Mr. Rogers trick where at 5 p.m. when when it's time to close my laptop, I actually change clothes. And wow. those are now my different clothes. Like I've made a costume change. This is now, and, and I can still check my emails later, but I am here. These are these are the dad and husband outfit. And and that I, I think has been extremely helpful because otherwise like I'm still talking and thinking like in that mode. And the other thing I do, you know, to Kristen's point about traveling, I have a daughter and and so when I leave and go to these conferences that we all, all go to, that all goes on my wife, right? And and I, I like to try to make time while I'm traveling to connect with my with my daughter to say goodnight every night. And one way that I sort of was able to keep my foot in that world while I was traveling this last year is I started wearing two watches. And on one wrist was the time where I was. And the other wrist is the time at my house. Hmm. It just helps remind me that there are that these two worlds are simultaneous, that these things are happening at the same time. And that I belong to both of them. I do something similar without wearing the watch. I never take my brain off of central time. Mm. So seriously, when we're in Vegas or California or something like that, I just always am thinking in central time. So I know when my daughter's going to go to bed and I know when it's too late to call, or I know when it's time for everybody to get up in the morning, right? And and it doesn't really matter where I'm at. I stay on central time. So I haven't tried that yet going, you know, to Asia or anything like that, because that would be a little rough. But but just in the the one hour ahead or two hours back, it's easier for me. And 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 I think I stay a little bit more grounded, right? I'm in my mind, I'm still in Chicago. And, and I'm still this close to home. And, and it kind of keeps me a little bit more aware of that's actually where my, my real life is, you know, and, and it just means I, I go to bed earlier than everyone when I'm in California and I get up way earlier than everyone, but, but that actually kind of helps me too. So it's interesting that it's, it's interesting so far that Kristen and Derek are both talking about time. Because I think that's when when we find these things to alleviate the stress, it really is all about the time. Jennifer, you talked about um, unplugging from the business world at times and, and filling it up with something that might be more fulfilling when it comes to reading and listening and that kind of thing. Any other things that you like to do when it comes to alleviating that stress that could be caused from work and life colliding? Yeah, I, I really, you know, I go through these phases where I'm really good at having a regimen where I'm exercising. And, you know, during COVID, I got Peloton like a, bil a billion other people. Um, and I was into that for like the first year. And my husband still rides it and I don't. And then I got into um, years ago, like, oh my gosh, now 10 years ago, I was training. I did a bunch of triathlons with my friend, my, one of my best friends. And I was very focused on that. And that only lasted a couple of years, you know, because I can't keep that up for too long, but uh, so I've gone in and out of things. Um, the last six months, I've played pickleball maybe a handful of times, and I really do enjoy it when I played. But again, it's something where if I, I, I know it's like they ha you have to make health your priority. They always say that's the number one thing. I'm guessing the majority. I if there was a survey, the majority of Americans probably don't make health their number one or their number two thing. I know I don't. 
mine's work and family. It's, that's right. what it is. Right. Unfortunately, you don't focus on health until you have a health crisis. Um, and I don't want to have one. And it stresses me out thinking that, you know, I need to take care of myself and I need to, and I know that there are things that I should be paying attention to. I'm missing doctor's appointments and I'm, you know, I prioritize everything else. And, uh, I know that that's not good. So I am trying to get better at that. I am trying to, again, you know, just walk every day. Like that's just simple. I don't need to go to a club. I don't need to go to a class. Walking is simple, but for some reason, you know, finding the time, like you, you can find the time, you know, yeah. I can get up earlier. I, you know what I mean? I know I can find the time again. It's just, so it's not, an excuse. I guess it is an excuse. It's just prioritizing that because like, what are they like without your health? You have nothing. Right. So, yeah. um, and I, I'm, I'm, I feel like right now too, in my life, I'm definitely personally the busiest or the most stressed I've ever been. My son's a junior in high school. We're stressing out about college. My mom has dementia. My dad's her primary caregiver. So I'm in that sandwich generation that I heard about for a long time. And I've been in that for three years now and I hate it. It's the worst. I actually just wrote an article about it because I had to like vent for myself about how stressful it is. Um, and watching my mother's decline and just, it's it's like the worst thing ever watching someone go through that. And not that I can stop that happening from me, but I, I do know there are some things that, they say exercise is one of them, keeping your mind and your body healthy. So um, again, I, I know it should be a focus and I, I, I try things here or there, but I would love to say, yes, every day I get up at 5am and do yoga, but I don't. And I'm going to, you guys check in with me in six months and hopefully I, I am. We're totally <laughs> going to hold you to that. How about June of this year, we're all, we're all going to get back together and, and okay. just kind of see how some of these okay. things are working for us. I love it. Um, and because, and I don't want to be a, a, a downer here, Jennifer, but this is the busiest, craziest year you've had next year will probably be busier, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. I don't think right. just looking at everything from what's going on in the world to the economy and everything else, nothing's going to just suddenly be, oh, wow, stress-free. <laughs> this is going to be a piece yeah. of cake. Like it, that's not going to happen. So I've also been on that treadmill of, and now I'm going to do this and this, and, and once I do this enough, I will be, I will hit this plateau and I'll be happy or my health will be great or all of those things. And, and I've been super inconsistent with that on and off. My wife is very consistent and she's shamed me into going to the gym and, and I, I grudgingly comply. But as you were talking, I realized that there, there is something that I've consistently done for the last 20 years now. Um, about once a month for the last 20 years, I've gone to a sense deprivation tank, which I don't know if you guys know about that. Other people talk about it. I have like a monthly subscription. Basically, you go into a um, a tank with, with maybe seven inches of salt, super salty water. You float like a cork. And in the absence of light or sound, your uh, brain goes into a theta wave state. You're essentially cheat coding into a deep meditative state. I've been doing that for so long. And my motives for doing it is to just be in a place where there's no stimulus, right? I lived in New York for, for over 10 years. Um, I've always lived in big cities. I've always had this like very high um, sort of throttle for work and life and all of that. And I needed to make space. And I didn't even think of it as self-care where to go into a place where I didn't have a name where I wasn't my mind stream, where I wasn't trying to do or accomplish anything or improve something or lose something, anything like that. I just wanted to stop. 
and it's something I've done for for all of these years now. And I really come to look at it as not as self-care, but as like some connecting to some sort of other thing that just doesn't have my name on it, that I'm not responsible for anything. And I can just allow my body to recuperate and to be, to kind of disappear. I, I don't know how to yeah. put it, but I didn't really realize that that's something I had done for that long until we started having this conversation. It's interesting you mentioned New York City because at any time in the middle of Manhattan, you can duck into a coffee shop or maybe a corner bar. And what do you see? A lot of people by themselves sitting in a corner, not talking to anyone. And, and I think, I think the busier the world gets out there, the more people find those places for you, it's an actual sensory deprivation tank for other people. It might just be, you know, the corner of a coffee shop or somewhere quiet in the middle of chaos where they can, collect their thoughts and, and kind of reset. I do that a little bit, Jennifer, back to your walking daily routine. Um, the one element that I, I like to add to that is classical music. And while you're walking, put on some classical music, forget rock and roll, forget hip hop, forget country, like nothing with lyrics or like anything that's going to, you know, kind of eat away at your brain, but something that's going to just reset your brain. And it's almost like you're putting, you're, you're rebooting at some point in the morning and then you start your day. And, and I found that to be something that just makes my morning better. If I do that sort of like your, your morning walk or anything. So anybody else have uh, any other tips or things that the rest of us might want to try when it comes to alleviating some of that stress? You could always try hugging a cow or hugging a dog <laughs> or uh, getting some pets in on a cat. That always helps, right? That little animal loving. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a reason why, why they are in our lives and, and you more <laughs> than the rest of us, I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I definitely do write, write, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed writing um, and I find even, I used to journal a long time. I haven't really, really regularly journaled, but I do find that when I write things down, it does help me process more than even talking to someone sometimes, because, you know, when you talk to someone, they give you advice back. Sometimes you don't want advice. I just want to write it down. And, and, um, like I said, I, I was struggling recently about just thinking about being a part of this with my parents and the kids and just, just trying to figure out, figure it all out. Um, cause I like to be a problem solver and sometimes you can't solve the problems. You just need to like write it out and see what's going to happen. Um, and so I would just started writing all this, my feelings down about being part of this generation. And I was talking to our PR agency, we were just sharing personal things and they were like, you should like write this as part of an article and then we could pitch it because probably other people feel the same way. So that's how sure. this came to me is this article I wrote about the sandwich generation that's going to be out soon, but it just made me feel it was for me. And then they said, you know what? Other people could probably benefit by hearing that you know, they're not alone. And I mean, I've read, I've read many articles on LinkedIn where, or just posts that, that women in particular, um, because they say that the, the, usually the, the daughters carry a lot of the load for parents that have dementia anyway. So, um, statistically they've said this, but, um, and so I've seen a lot of posts of women who've had to leave, like they're, they were like, you know, executive roles at companies and they've left their roles to care for their, a parent. Um, and they've posted this on LinkedIn and it's heartbreaking and because they felt like they, they had no other choice um, 
or they just were so stressed out about. It. So that made me feel the need to write something like that. But I do find writing sometimes helps, you know, just getting it down. That's a great idea. I can't wait to read this article. Any time frame on on when we might see this? Yeah, I think it's going to be out soon. I'll let you know. Um, I'll let you know and and where it's going to be. I think in the next month. So please yeah. do. We will share it on all of the uh, social geek channels and uh, and share it with all of our listeners because I I know other people would want to hear about this and and read yeah. it too. On the on the power of writing, I did something recently that was super helpful for me. I did a, a stress audit where I sat down and I made a list kind of looking backwards from the last like three to four months of like instances of stress where I was like peaked, where I got really, you know, inflamed about something. And then I, I sort of charted it out looking for any patterns, like how many of these were self-created versus cultural, right? How many, like, well, how did this provoke me? How did this happen? And, you know, to Jennifer's point, being able to separate it in that way and look at it cleanly was, was, was helpful. And the other thing I did then was I looked at the last year, right? 2022. And I tried to think what was the big spike in stress for that year? And does it matter now? Did that, did anything from that feeling affect what is happening today at all? And what I found was that like, these were all storms and teacups, right? None of this ultimately mattered in, in a bigger picture of a scale of three months and a scale of six months to a year. And it really drove home to me that, you know, it's very much in how you manage your relationship to, the, to this work, because no one at your job is going to tell you to take the foot off the gas. No one is going to talk you off a ledge as consistently as you may need it. And that's all on you. And, and I think that that's both a blessing and a curse, right? But ultimately, like, time and attention are the only commodities that really exist. And as it was once chillingly said to me, uh, no one notices that you're working late except for your kids. Before we go, a quick word from Citroen Cooperman. Citroen Cooperman is proud to be the home of one of the leading franchising practices in the country. With over 40 years of franchise experience, Citroen Cooperman provides a full range of services to a vast number of franchise concepts. They work with the owners, operators, controllers, and CFOs of a wide range of franchisors and multi-unit franchisees to help them establish their brands and grow their businesses to the next level. The Citroen Cooperman Franchise Practice is comprised of experienced CFE-accredited professionals, providing franchisors and multi-unit franchisees the guidance and insight they need to minimize uncertainty, meet compliance and contractual obligations, and stay focused on building their businesses. For more information, please contact Aaron Chaitovsky and Michael Iannuzzi at CitroenCooperman.com. Thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.